Hello, this is the Ashley Smith podcast based out of beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, This is my first semi-official podcast that I'm posting on my channel. I did a about a week and a half ago, post a little intro uh, about me, who I am, and uh, it was really just to get the ball rolling. I've been wanting to start a podcast for several years, as I had mentioned, and I just wanted to basically commit to starting. So here I am. Um, we're just looking at the beginning of September right now, and I have some pretty exciting ideas and things lining up that I'm going to be posting for the fall. But just to kind of connect between the intro and uh, uh, some of the interviews I'm I'm planning in the next several weeks and months here, I thought I'd post... Um, a bit of a repeat uh, from the Michael Yu podcast, which uh, is an interview that I did with the owner of uh, our company, Oakwin Realty in Vancouver. Um, he's one of the young owners of a thriving company uh, that's growing quickly, even despite um, sort of a down market. Uh, he's somebody that I admire very much. Um, look to sort of as a mentor and I'm excited to work with more closely in in the future Uh, and I will likely have him on the podcast but for the sake of offering some content and perhaps um, giving you a little bit more insight about myself I thought you know what I'm going to post uh, this pod so you can have a listen to it it's it's pretty casual um, it is about a just a little over an hour long so buckle up <laughs> and um, but you get to know a bit about me we laugh quite a bit he asks me a few questions we get into a little bit of my my history and my journey into real estate and then also just talking a bit about uh, my involvement with the real estate board of greater Vancouver more from a, a leadership perspective and then I offer some of my thoughts on the future of the real estate industry um and the audience for that podcast while there's I I think a growing audience Michael Yu has been um putting out content on his podcast since August 2018 I believe this is episode 31 um there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are listeners I'm sure just a lot of Vancouver residents uh Michael also mentions his mom who's a an avid listener uh but also um a lot of realtors listen so some of the thoughts that I provide are knowing that realtors are listening in so as as I mentioned in my intro I don't intend on this podcast um being geared specifically towards real estate, but I, I am talking about um, looking at business and um, consumer culture and and service culture moving you know into the next decade and and I think this gives you a little insight about my thoughts on real estate with that and um, happy to dive into it further in the future, uh, but also gives you a little bit about me, um, get to know my character a bit and uh, hopefully uh, you like it and continue to stay tuned in. Thank you so much. I'll start it now. Have a great day, everyone. Welcome to the Michael Yu Podcast. We have a very special guest, El Presidente of the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver, uh, Miss Ashley Smith. Thank you, Ashley, for coming. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Well, we're really excited to have the captain of the ship here <laughs> on the pod today. So, Ash, uh, why don't you just share a little bit of uh, you know the, your story into real estate first? Uh, sure. I started in real estate in 2008, in January 08. I was pretty young. I think I was 23. Wow. Um, I lived in Cloverdale at the time, started uh, my real estate at a Langley office, mm-hmm. and it was basically right when the recession 
started. Perfect timing. <laughs> so let's just say I've made hardly any money. Right. <laughs> um, and fast forward a year or so, I moved to Vancouver. Um, took a little time to think about what that meant for my career. That hadn't quite really started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then decided to move to Vancouver, switched boards, switched offices, and uh, yeah, I've been practicing, I guess, full time ever since. And, and then, as you said, um, I've been involved with the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver um, for the most part since 2011. So, pretty engaged in that way. Right. What did yeah. you do before real estate? <laughs> I, well, as I mentioned, I was fairly young, so I, oh man, I worked retail since I was like 15, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I worked retail and I worked for four years, like directly before becoming a realtor, I worked for Long McQuaid, where the music began. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you play any instruments? Uh, I'm a really good campfire guitarist oh really I, preferably not on camera like okay. it's not it's not something i brag about actually oh, it's really? just like i like to whip it up like look what i can do <laughs> that's so um, cool but i was i was sort of a singer or at least oh, really? thought i was back in the day i was like a choir nerd oh you were i okay. was glee before glee oh, okay. <laughs> before i got played out so yeah i was really i loved music or i still love music but, okay um, that was my passion when really I was younger. So did you? So did you grow up singing? Um, yeah, I mean, not in, like mostly just in school and musical theater. Oh, okay. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. Were you in like what plays were you in? Were you in? Any? I was in Fame. Oh, you're in Fame. Okay. And I had a leading role. Oh my god. Uh, yes, sweet. and it was fun. Yeah. And um, the Music Man, and those were the main ones. And then some other ones probably wouldn't. Even remember. Can I put I you on the spot to like belt out a tune? Oh uh, yeah, for nine a.m. Nine a.m. on a random weekday morning. Yeah, but you catch me like with a karaoke situation. Oh okay, so you're, you're the karaoke queen. Oh man, it's not, it doesn't happen often. But okay. It happens. It's really. Have you been to those like Asian karaoke? I places? have. I hate them. <laughs> Not rebel because I want to be on like a stage. On a stage, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know they have it at they have a karaoke night at the Legion. On oh, <laughs> have you been to the? I Legion? went year when I first moved to Vancouver. The Legion on Main and like twenty third. Yeah, that's they, right. They had a karaoke night. Yeah. just as with every karaoke bar, everyone like wanted to be famous at some point. Right, so it's exactly. like to even get up for one song. Once I've done it once, I'm kind of like, I want to keep doing it. So <laughs> that's right <laughs> so you want to do a full set right? I do. Yeah, <laughs> and you like practice your dance moves and back you know, just warming up <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's cool anyway yeah so um do you have like a karaoke like this is your go-to karaoke song yeah, i'm like I'm, impressed like this is the one yeah they're not they're not super impressive songs okay. i just like to go with ones that yeah. i'll remember the words okay especially if i've had beer okay <laughs> <laughs> so i go i go pretty like old school okay like, Love CCR Proud Mary. Oh, oh <laughs> like, keep on Or that. I don't know why, like the Eagles Hotel California. Oh yeah, that's a good like, one. I know. That's a moody hit. It's moody. <laughs> yeah, that's moody. That's like mysterious <laughs> and moody. Yeah, then maybe yeah. if you're lucky, I'll get into more like R&B. <laughs> <laughs> so, little known fact. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, but. You know, I there's this thing because we're my family's originally from the Philippines mm-hmm. and the Filipino people and I'm not a Filip like I'm Chinese from the Philippines but 
like a lot of people from the Philippines love karaoke. It's mm-hmm. like it's a it's like national sport or something mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. so and so uh, we we have like we used to have like this karaoke machine in my house, yeah. and then it had like a score, a rating score oh to see how good you are. Yes. And uh, like my highest score was with Karma Chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would like to see that. We're gonna yeah. go one Oh, day. we gotta go. Yeah, we're gonna go to Legion and have a few pints and sing karaoke. Oh yeah, two fifty beers. That's why I go there. <laughs> that in the good company. Um, but so, so obviously you're in retail, and that that's a little bit of a jump. So going from retail to to real estate, like what was the what was the impetus? What was the inspiration? Yeah, that? well, to be honest, when I when I was out on McQuaid the last year, I was more of a rep, so I wasn't like working retail in the traditional way. I was working with schools. So I was yeah. working with. Um, with schools and their music programs so I was on the road and I you know they set me up at home and they gave me my first cell phone like I was living on my own and I hadn't had a cell phone yet um and uh I really liked that sort of changing around and um you know not being in the same spot every day and having little flexibility um and I had thought about real estate a little bit uh bought real estate fairly young Mm. um so my boyfriend and i at the time i moved out young i moved out at 18 and i think we bought our first place at 19 or 20. um yeah that was its own story um but got into real estate uh when the market was still strong Mm -hmm. um so i don't know when that was um you know we we sold a, a small apartment that we had um made reasonable money for what you know, I grew up in Surrey. It just it seemed mm-hmm. like a lot of money, right. and um, so got excited about real estate. And this was around the time when HGTV was like really picking up. And I yeah. hate to sound that cliche, but yeah. <laughs> I was. I was just watching flip this house right. and all that stuff, and thought real estate was really cool. Um, so sort of had it in my brain a little bit. Um, and at the time, my boyfriend wanted to do it, and he never did. Mm-hmm. Um, but thought about it, and anyhow, ended up. I was working at Long McQuaid and I was working evenings at um, a bar, like a pub. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had been going to school, um, finished like my associate of arts degree. It took me forever because right. I was homeowner, working full time, yeah. part time, whatever, doing everything. And right. I, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? Because I can't go, I'm going to just keep doing the same thing yeah. for years. It's going to take me forever. I had no real direction. Um, so all of those things kind of put together um, led me to exploring real estate. So I quit the gig at Long McQuaid because it was sort of seasonal. I gave them my notice before summer before when, you know, help them with school ending and then stayed at the pub for a bit and um, got licensed and, and yeah, here I am now. Wow. So. Yeah. Um, what inspired you as a young person to like buy real estate so early? It's, like, a, it's, a, it's a silly story. Okay. So it actually is because of my boyfriend at the time. Okay. Um, he got hit by a car. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> as a young person, right? And and ended up with a settlement, and he was just blowing his money, and his right. parents said, "Okay, let's do something here." Okay. So we basically just we were already um, living together. Right. And. At that time and in Surrey like it actually was more affordable to purchase at a reasonable then to place rent. than to rent yeah. or at least on par. This would just made sense. It with, just made sense yeah. so yeah I mean it, 
had nothing to do with me really. Well, it's good. It's good to have, you know, it's really good to have that awareness, you know, like to, to know these things. Because a lot of people don't pick that up, you know, mm-hmm. they just, especially at 18 or 19 years old. So you're pretty much like a career realtor. So you started, you know, in your early 20s, yeah. very much like myself and yeah. like a few of the agents that we've had on the pod. Yeah. Um, so how was that? How was, was that challenging getting out of the gate being a young person in real estate? It was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear the first few years. It was brutal. So, yeah. I mean, as I mentioned, I started in, in Surrey Langley. Yeah. Um, and at that time, and especially in that area, uh, the market really slowed down. Um, 2008 with the sort of recession and, right. and I, I didn't know a lot of people buying and selling real estate at that time and oh, frankly yeah. I don't think there was a lot happening mm-hmm. um, but the real challenge came when I moved to Vancouver and thought okay do I want to move my business here um, because I didn't know anybody in right. the city except for musicians mm-hmm. who love them so much but they're not like the not, target yeah. buying demographic. No. Um so yeah, it took me a while to get any real footing. Um figuring out like where do I fit? How can I uh, I don't know, what can I do to get my first few clients in the city and go mm-hmm. from there because I really didn't couldn't rely on my network. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I was very fortunate in that I um, connected with some good realtors at the time who mm-hmm. were willing to kind of chat with me and share with me um, some of the things that they had been doing. Social media was still fairly new. Right. Um, so, and it was free. Mm-hmm. I mean, we pay to play now, but at right. that time it was just very experimental. Yeah. And um, kind of got rolling with that and doing the co listing thing and the open house thing. And right. The, sort of buyers not quite formal buyers agent thing but helping other agents Mm -hmm. um and i honestly if it weren't for those couple of people i think that i wouldn't be here now really oh yeah so just having that sort of connection between starting and like getting going is really important so why did you stick to it like you know because obviously it was tough getting getting going why did you stick to it? <laughs> well first of all it's used to being broke so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that <was> fun, right? <laughs> that's terrible to say like i did not make much money in the first few years um but i i think that moving to vancouver and actually engaging with some of those people i i saw it more as um you know building my own business and building something. Um, I didn't get a lot of mentorship, um, nor did I look for it, to be fair, mm-hmm. uh, when I was in the Fraser Valley. Um, a lot of older agents, and um, I didn't really know to like go to them and like ask them for help. I, right. really, I really had no idea. So, so seeing some of these younger people being innovative, um, it got me excited, to be yeah. honest with you. I saw... I don't know. I looked at the business in a whole different way. Um, and I liked the idea that you can kind of build your own personality. And so I think that that inspiration kind of pushed me to get, you know, yep. to stick with it. And I, I don't think I ever really thought about leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I had sold my place. Right. So I had a little bit of a nest egg to like deal with the transition. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, 
I had something else I was going to say there, but I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to cut out anything. We are full disclosure here. So, so obviously, so from 2018 to 2011, you you know were were an agent, mm-hmm. but then you started volunteering. How did you get involved with? So maybe you can just for those of you that don't know, uh, for those of us that don't know, um, like wh- what's the real estate board of Greater Vancouver? What's their role and what are they? Yeah. So so the real estate board. Um, Obviously, it's a membership-based association. Right. So if you're a, a realtor, um, you're a member of an, a board. Um, that's how you get the realtor trademark and MLS, access to MLS and yeah. all of that. So a lot of realtors think about the board as sort of... They think of them as the MLS system, really. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but the, the board does it... it, it Obviously, the, we we own the MLS as a community of realtors, um, manage it, and like look at the strategic direction of it. Um, we build the framework for cooperation between realtors, um, and then we facilitate some educational things, that kind of stuff. But really, at the end of the, the day, looking at kind of the strategic direction of the profession in general, looking at what does professional professionalism mean um, and kind of holding true to what does realtor mean as opposed to just um, you know a licensee kind of thing right yeah so I think we take it for granted being here in Vancouver that we have such a powerful and, and strong real estate board um, there are if you, if you look kind of in the history you look at another like other uh, other municipalities mm-hmm. other um, you know global cities that mm-hmm. don't have a strong board mm-hmm. uh, there's a lack of transparency mm-hmm. in in the real estate business and mm-hmm. and a code of conduct and professionalism so like the real estate board does like the yeoman's work to kind of maintain mm-hmm. um, a lot of those standards and also to maintain the standard of transparency through the MLS mm-hmm. so people can review sold prices and and it's, it's such a great resource for us agents mm-hmm. so what inspired you to to vault like to volunteer to to go into that kind of um, aspect of, of real estate. Yeah, to start with, it was sort of by accident okay. and just purely through exposure. Um, I was at a conference um, and met with, you know, was having drinks, to be honest, with, with a guy who, who sat on, on the board right. um, and just was talking about it. And, and we kind of got into a passionate discussion about real estate and the future of real estate and and um and he just said hey you should get get involved and volunteer and i hadn't really thought about it and frankly i didn't really know much about what the board was um the only reason i knew anything was because when i moved from langley to vancouver i had to switch right (laughs) why don't i have to do this um anyhow so in in the beginning uh, we used to have these geographical areas in our uh, board. So I ran for election for the West Side Division mm-hmm. directors and was elected in 2011. And that group just was more involved in like educational networking, fundraising, um, some local GR stuff. And um, What's I GR, really, sorry. Pardon me? What's GR? Oh, government relations. Oh, government relations. Yeah. Okay. So like just <laughs> for the, the West Side, yeah. it, it's, uh, you know, it would have been with the city of Vancouver. Uh, but pretty light and more of a committee than anything. Right. That's the way I would have looked at it at that time. Um, and it was good. It was really good sort of entry into seeing what sort of the profession is about. Um, it was good to connect with realtors. That really helped me in the beginning of my business, to be mm-hmm. honest. So, um, <clears throat> 
and then, but I, I did, there were a lot of, uh, direct, they were called directors on these committees, right. um, that would get really like upset about, um, uh, higher level things that they thought they were supposed to be a part of, but really they weren't. Like, right. I, not to downplay it, but they were sort of like bake sale type of committees with, mm. that did some important stuff with the help of staff. Yeah. Um, but I realized, you know what? I know my role in this place, but I do like that stuff better. I'm not good at coordinating events. Like, I'm brutal at it, actually. Mm -hmm. It gives me a lot know of your strength. strength. <laughs> no. yeah. So it was good to be a part of it, um, but it made me realize, yes, I would like to be involved in the strategic stuff, the higher right. level stuff. And so the next year I ran for board director and I got right. elected. And luckily, because I was probably the only one using social media at the time, mm -hmm. because I didn't know people. Yeah. So getting elected was tough. But right. So it. what's that election process look like? Um, it's changed over the years. Okay. Um, but basically, uh, yeah, you just have to reach out to membership. So the direct board of directors um, are voted by all the realtors in the area. And um, now we have a recommendation process, actually. So if you're interested, it's really important to get involved. Right. Uh, connect with the board development committee, which right. Michael is now sitting on. I am sitting on the But that committee can, it, it's matured, right? So now they can help candidates understand the role better, understand the organization better, understand right. the skill set they need to be able to showcase that they would be a good candidate, um, help them learn anything they need to learn. And then they go through a process of potentially being recommended. So if the, the um, board development committee, after reviewing their resume and doing an interview with them, um, they obviously have to be nominated as well. Um, then, uh, uh, yeah, they might be recommended and it, and some folks aren't. Um, so the membership still at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's a democracy. So mm -hmm. they have the choice to decide who they want to be involved right. in their leadership. Yeah. So tell us about the presidential run. Like, I want to hear about the, you know, because I'm actually... I, I uh, went to school and university with a political science degree, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, which is kind of surprising because I... I don't know why I ventured into this. Mm -hmm. I just, it just kind of happenstance. I was just looking through the, they used to have uh, courses in the magazines. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. in, like in a magazine form, you read the coursework and stuff. Like that. All right, that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to hear about the presidential run. Like, what did that look like? Were you competing against other? Um, yeah, and, and but it is, I think, a lot of people, um, including the members, when they're electing people, they look at this similar to politics and it's not okay um it can feel that way sometimes so right. i don't want to say that it doesn't but uh, at the end of the day so if you serve on the board for several years you know you may have an interest in running as the chair of the board of the right. president for uh, you typically the succession is there's a vp role that's elected and it's elected by the board directors um and then president and elect and then that succession is automatic to president um but really by that time like you the board is really a team mm -hmm. it's a team and 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 it's about um you know a good mix of certain skill set and and so i think it's more about um who's the right person for the right time right. And, and there were there were other people interested um when i was running um so you, know, you got to get up and do a speech in front of the board table and it's you know and hopefully avoid um politicking prior to that but it, right. it does happen but really at the end of the day it's it's not about like different positions like that's politics are usually about different platforms 
right? And that's not really what this is about. It's about mm-hmm. who can provide strong leadership for, for the team. Right. So, uh, you know, we're all really part of the same party, so to speak, right. <laughs> in a way. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it, there's, it, it was, I, I have been there a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I was, besides one person, I would probably have been there the longest. Serving um, so in the director role. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I put in my time, I knew my stuff, and people knew that. So Right. Yeah. So how long have you been the president now? Just uh, since March. Just since March. Okay, yeah. so like the first four months. What have you learned about leadership in those four months? <laughs> uh, I think what I'm really learning is that it's okay to have your own leadership style. So right. I've, I've seen a lot of different types of leaders um, and kind of figuring out what that means for you, like what your voice is going to be, what level of commitment you want to have, um, what areas you think are important and not as important. Because mm-hmm. um, different folks have different ideas of where priorities should be. Um, so I've just, I think that um, recognizing that you don't have to be all things to all people, right. saying no, um, and, and listening. Yeah, yeah it's, I've, I've learned a lot about listening. Um, and sometimes that might just mean just to listen, mm-hmm. not to necessarily like do anything. And solve a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyhow, and, and that no matter what, sometimes they'll never win. Right. <laughs> I've learned that quite a bit, like with media and that kind of thing. Right. So you just have to be comfortable with that. With the media. What, what do you mean about that? So currently, um, as president of the real estate board, um, I sit as chair of the board and then also as the spokesperson for the board. Right. Um, whether or not that continues into the future is to be seen, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's, it's just been an interesting exercise going through um, doing interviews with media and seeing how they select what they want to use and right. how they want to position a story. Um, you know, you have to be pretty thoughtful going into these things, but anyways. It, so it's, Trump was right about the fake news. <laughs> you know, it's so frustrating because I don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, it's... So it, they're the enemy of the people. No. Um, <laughs> I think that it's just, it's, we live in a headline society. Right, like um, a microwave and, culture. And a short, yeah, attention span. And, and oftentimes, you know, people don't read the content of right. articles, for example. And so that headline means so much. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know about fake news. I'm just, I'm just But maybe just not always that. responsible news. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that. I think... And that's, you know, I, I love the long, I love the idea of long format, you mm-hmm. know, obviously, listen, if you guys do listen to this pod, uh, you know, we, we like to go as long as kind of we can, you know, with that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because then you get, you know, the, like, the full, like, you get to see things from the full angle, not just like, surfe- like just hitting the surface. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, you know, that that's a real problem. And that's why I think a lot of, I love pods the most, I love podcasts the most as a source of news and as a source of things, because ideas can be like, um, thought out and then come to fruition versus just like like hit a beat and then get out you know mm-hmm. and so especially um, 
kind of my learning style is I like to try to get in depth. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd rather know a few things well than know everything like just base, like mm -hmm. surface level. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of so that's interesting to be kind of in that position, mm -hmm. Ash, to like you know see the result of mm -hmm. okay, you did a twenty minute interview and you got. 35 seconds and this is seconds. yeah and then this is what it was <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah so without the context and everything that goes in behind yeah. it so it does make you look at news from a different, different perspective different like when you're yeah. at the consumer right observing it thinking okay what else is like trying mm -hmm. to not be so quick to react or assume things yeah um, so do you watch everything that you're on not everything right i've had one interview in particular where I was like dreading it no I didn't watch it and no? that's fine I'm like that's my way of just yeah. you know what like brush it off move on <laughs> do you know what's the everyone's weird maybe like it's the way I grew up or something when I have a like for example I've had a few terrible no I don't want to say terrible pods but I've had a few in those interactions those are the ones that I listen to the most oh yeah to learn <laughs> to learn because I actually want to get better mm -hmm. um, and I want to improve mm -hmm. so like it's weird. I don't know how. It, I don't know if this is relatable to you, but that's just kind of. Um, and maybe it's just my makeup. I don't know if you're. If well, it's you know, it just depends on the individual, I suppose. Maybe yeah, yeah. and I think it's it depends what it is we're talking about. But uh, sometimes, like if a wound feels fresh, just wait. And yeah. You can learn from it. <laughs> oh yeah, you can learn from it. That's right. That's good. So what you know, we were talking a little bit about some of the issues and some of the priorities mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So what do you find is the, you know, the most pressing and important issue for realtors and the real estate board? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think actually um, what I've noticed is I don't believe that realtors and the real estate community is really prepared for what kind of change we might see in the next five years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a, as involved as I am, I don't necessarily know what that means. Like, what is the profession and the industry going to look like? Uh, but I do think it's going to look a lot different. Mm -hmm. And I think that realtors have notoriously kind of taken for granted traditional business practices being the norm. Right. Um, expecting, you know, it, it's interesting because I'll go to different conferences. Um, and you can really tell like who's setting the tone um, where some folks are, you know, some conferences are really meant to like kind of shake you up and have you think about things differently. Mm -hmm. And others where the sort of summary will be, it's okay, the public's always going to need a realtor because they need the handholding right. and da da da. I'm like, oh, fair enough, but is that going to apply for every realtor? We have over 14,000 realtors just in Greater Vancouver. Right. Um, <clears throat> we. Then you can I, boss around it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I look right. at what's been going on in the United States, right. um, and in some of the things that have come up, I can't even wrap my head around yet. But but there's a lot of new models coming, yeah. and you know, as a board, like you know, I, I'm I don't see those things necessarily as um, uh, problems. Like some of these new models are like they're going to come into. Our, our area and become our members um, so and you know <laughs> as you might know if you've ever paid attention to anything across Canada with real estate like the competition bureau uh, in Canada is like they really don't want um, um, 
associations to get in the way of innovation. Oh, absolutely and, not. Right, yeah, and which sure. is great. I, yeah. I, 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 I actually strongly believe. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I do think that there's business models coming and technology coming um, that we have seen happen in the States a bit um, that a lot of folks up here have no idea exist. Right. Um, and I don't think they're prepared to look at their own businesses and make changes. I, I think the value proposition of the realtor is going to change. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's certain companies, for example, where they are just billions of dollars of capital mm -hmm. being put into them. Um, and you've got real estate professionals working as employees with salaries and right. um, medical benefits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're doing, and they're not at low fees. Okay. Right. Um, so, but high service, mm -hmm. like pretty high service, right. uh, consistent service. And those, those folks, so if I'm speaking about them down in the States, I think these realtors who are salaried employees are doing anything from like 30 to 60 deals a year. So right. they're experienced, they know what they're doing, they're providing mm -hmm. good quality service and likely in very specific um, parts of the transaction. So mm -hmm. they're really good at like what they do. Right. Um, because I think a lot of realtors traditionally think of discount service as discount service. Right. And then they think, okay, I can add my value as opposed to that. Right. But if they're looking at this type of model that's lower fee service, mm -hmm. but pretty good quality, um, you know, value proposition to the consumer, well, okay, where are you going to fit? Yeah. And if you are one of those agents who has a lower fee, well, how are you going to compete with that too? Right. So, and that's just one of the things. I mean, yeah. obviously people know that everyone's online and, and data is going to become more and more open. And mm -hmm. frankly, I think that's a good thing. Oh, that's, an, yeah, I think that transparency, especially with information is, is paramount. Like we were talking about hiding sold prices and stuff like that. I never bought into that. I no. think the more informed the consumer is, the better. Mm -hmm. And I think the ability to make consumer choice um, more, uh, you know, available. Mm -hmm. um, so whether that's through technology, um, is is a positive because it should um, raise the standard and raise the water level for every other competing methodology of how to sell a property. Yeah. And. Um, so you're thinking about more of a technological disruption, mm -hmm. would you say, yeah. uh, of, of our business. And you know, the same thing has happened in a lot of different um, industries. You know, yeah. I think real estate is not the only uh, industry that's facing this. You know, I, I have a friend that's a doctor mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, they're talking about having this machine that just scans the whole body up and down mm -hmm. and you don't need a GP anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like. Actually, sounds pretty decent. <laughs> like, and he's like, "No, I think people are going to really want to talk to a doctor." Yeah. And I'm like, "Will they?" <laughs> and well, so, but that's kind of the thing yeah. I, I try to encourage people to think about is like, think about yourself as a consumer and what you want, right? Not necessarily the services you want to provide. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing too. And you know, looking at it from those different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So, like Ashley was saying, or Ash was saying, where where are we going to add the value mm -hmm. and and you know and how are we going to improve mm -hmm. on what we're doing now you know everyone is making their bets on where that's going to go whether that's going to go in this hyper technological model where um you know it's purely service-based um based on analytics and so on and so forth so it, it really does depend and i think that that is something that we need to be self-aware of mm -hmm. uh, as an industry and mm -hmm. as realtors um so that we can develop and improve the the aspects in which we can uh, like have provide more value to our clients yeah right? and so i think that that's really interesting so do you feel like how, how are you actually talking about it how are you addressing it is it just more for your uh, for a goal for you just to provide awareness or is it how, how are we 
uh, preparing for that? I, I don't know how interesting it will be to talk about the stuff like at the board level. I think part of the challenge as a profession is that we're built on like some archaic sort of framework stuff. So we're competing with big money, right? So, and maybe competing is not the, the right word, but like there's only so much we can uh, provide in way of tools and technology as a not-for-profit organization. Right. Um, and that said, we're also fairly fragmented across the province and across the country. So we have like a bunch of these little organizations. We're really lucky in Vancouver because we're so big. We're the second largest organization in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do have some money and we have some capacity to provide certain things. But at what point, even thinking about MLS, like at what point um, should we think about MLS as, you know, stop thinking about MLS the way we have traditionally. Right. Um, because this, we, it's, a, it's a huge source of data. Right. Good, solid, reliable yeah. data. It's, yeah, it is. Um, and, and what kind of partnerships, for example, might we be able to look at? Um, you know, what kind of integrations, what kind of... I think about artificial intelligence, like, um, just as an example, you know, things like um, <laughs> through AI, uh, being able to kind of navigate the home buying and searching process and kind of the AI understanding better than the person what they might be looking for right. and making recommendations outside of what they thought their criteria and scope was right. um, and expediting that sort of search process. Right. Um, and I mean, I've heard of things uh, happening maybe through Zillow. I can't recall. So, right. um, but where there's, AI analytics and predictions about when to list your exact type of property based on exact specifics about your property, um, when you'll be the most successful, what kind of price you should expect, and these kind of things. Right. Um, anyhow, how I, I think that you know we're looking at how strategic can we be within the framework we have. Um, so I have two hats. I think as an organization, as a profession, what can we do, but then I also think as a realtor, like what should I be doing? Right. And that's what I think most realtors should be thinking about is, yeah, some tools might come down the pipeline and when you're engaging with your organization and like electing leadership, you want people who are thinking about the future, yeah. or at least are able to think about the future. Right. Uh, but when you're looking at your business, really be paying attention um, because there's no use in building a three to five year plan if you have no idea what three to five years is going to look like. Right. You should at least have some level of nimble, kind of um, some ad- adaptiveness in your business plan, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, absolutely. And I think if, if you guys haven't, and it's fun, I, I'm really glad we're talking about this stuff because this is the conspiracy stuff that I'm really interested in. <laughs> um, but um, so there's a podcast with Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. Okay. So I don't know if you've, have you listened to that? No. So Elon Musk obviously is the owner of Tesla yeah. Motors and SpaceX and Solar City, a bunch of different types of energy-based companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about uh, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And you know, back in the early 2000s, he actually uh, uh, stood in front of Congress and was talking about how we had to put restrictions and limitations on artificial intelligence. Otherwise, the resulting, uh, you know, what was going to result of that was going to be a loss of jobs, a loss of you know, uh, and maybe a potential takeover from artificial intelligence of human uh, work. Mm-hmm. And so, which was pretty, 
which was pretty eye-opening if you watch his Congress speech. But in his podcast, at the stage we're at right now with technology, um, in his mind, it's only just a matter of time until there's some 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 really huge change. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's like a pessimistic way of thinking of it. Mm-hmm. There's a realistic way of thinking about it. And there's an optimistic way of thinking about mm-hmm. it. The pessimistic idea of thinking about it is machine destroys humans yeah. <laughs> like machine like just destroys the the economy because everything is better done by the machine mm-hmm. than by man mm-hmm. and then there's you know there's realistic which is a you know somewhat of that and then there's an optimistic result of this artificial intelligence the algorithms that are going to predict human patterns and behaviors and decision making because mm-hmm. the stored amount of intelligence that is happening artificially is going to outweigh the uh, human intelligence that one person or a group of people could actually um, uh, have mm-hmm. and so if you look at it from an optimistic perspective um, and that's the perspective that I'm looking at it because that's even Elon Musk is looking at it from an optimistic perspective because if he doesn't look at it from an optimistic perspective there's no way we're gonna get there and he's looking at it as a combination and a symbiosis of man and machine. So we have some symbiosis between man and machine now. Obviously, we're far more intelligent with our cell phones than without our cell phones or access to the internet. So we're in some sort of a symbiotic relationship, um, which is healthy or unhealthy depending on the person you're talking to. So like um, the this optimistic outcome would be a combination of man and machine working in union, mm-hmm. uh, the creativity of man and the intelligence of the machine. Mm-hmm. So the long-term the kind of hard drive of the uh, machine with the, um, you know, with the uh, opinions and the uh, creativity of man kind of coming together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we talk about it injury, like industry specific, um, more, I think it's gonna the the the, uh, the um, industries that have the most creativity are the ones that will phase out the latest. Mm-hmm. Um, the industries that have the least creativity are gonna phase out the quickest. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, like a truck driver and a dishwasher, that type of thing, they'll phase out more quickly because there's less creativity involved in those types of roles and tasks. So those are the ones that are gonna be eliminated first. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we look at agency-based businesses, you know, um, even somewhat of in some cases, um, like I was talking to a friend that's a lawyer, how the law practice might be, mm-hmm. or account, I have a friend that's an accountant, how accounting firms might just be, mm-hmm. be eliminated because everyone can just throw all the receipts on a, like, a machine and it just spins out and all the data's done and you're just done. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it just tracks and does everything for you. Mm-hmm. And you don't even need receipts anymore because everything is done cashless. So like maybe there's that cash is gone too. There's a lot of... Um, I don't know how all those Chinese restaurants. Are. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, so it's it's like this. It's it's happening in every industry. Yeah. So we shouldn't feel like oh, it's just real estate. It's no. it's it's every industry, and it's how we're going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so um, then we talk about that three year plan or that five year plan for realtors. I'm a huge proponent of doing two things. I don't know. This is the Ashley Smith like interview, but I don't know why I'm going <laughs> off here. I'm a huge proponent of two things developing professional skills mm-hmm. um, that are geared a little bit more to the creative side mm-hmm. so that's really strong leadership skills really strong communication skills really strong um, you know soft skills mm-hmm. 
emotional quotient skills, EQ type of activities that are going to be enhanced. Mm -hmm. um, and so really working on those professional skills. Um, we want skills in analysis as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you want to create good tools for that aspect so that um, um, that you'll be able to prove your value well. Um, and also the, the second thing that I really believe in is investing is, uh, you know, and I talked, we had a podcast with Jeff Poe a couple weeks ago where we talked about investing. So, you know, while the time of, you know, while we're doing this entrepreneurial endeavor, while we have the, you know, the favor and the, you know, the, the good season to be able to reap great benefits is invest in real estate, like invest in, what we're selling mm -hmm. and really I don't want to call it a double down but really like you know we're, we're we're kind of extracting money through the real estate market through the you know through the, our commissions and through us as salespeople mm -hmm. reinvest it back into that place because it's a fertile ground mm -hmm. and if you change your soft um, uh, it's called like a you know your, your, your kind of the soft costs or the soft aspects of you know you, you practicing and change that into hard so that like owning real estate or owning great investment vehicles that's the you know that's the kind of the 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 yang to the yin of like developing professionally and i think i don't know if if that kind of rings true to many people but i feel like the, that's a real direction that we want um that we encourage um you know in our group of agents to to really focus on mm -hmm. especially now because i think it's really a great time to buy it's a really good time it's an amazing time to buy. I'm like so, <laughs> like so excited. You know, it was not a great time to buy a year and a half, two years ago. It was a, the worst time to buy, actually. So you know, now it's it's a great time to buy and invest in this beautiful city with a growing population and a healthy economy, and um, technology businesses coming in to the city. Like Amazon opened up. Like, um, and it just it's it's really. I, I feel like it's a good it's a, it's a good time to really look at purchasing now, and so you know it's a really interesting kind of thing to to consider. So, what type of aspirations you know Ashley for yourself do you have for for the industry and maybe for yourself and for yourself as well? Yeah, I actually, I mean first and foremost for myself, I, I've learned so much from being involved in this role and being involved with the board and. Um, taught me a lot about being more strategic and looking at things at a higher level and kind of getting out of the weeds and I'm realizing now that like I'm good at that at the board and I'm really bad at that in my business. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm, I have a really hard time letting go and delegating and that's got to happen soon. Um, so I don't know, I, I'm trying to imagine what where I want to see my business. I'd like it to be something that um, takes a little bit better care of itself. I want to be innovative and I just, I did want to comment because um, I do I do see this based on what we are just talking about, I do see a downsizing of professionals in this business, mm -hmm. I think. Right. And, and, and I do see perhaps some pressure on fees, um, but I also see like room for the cream of the crop to do really well. Right. Um, I think what's going to happen is probably folks who um, d don't know how to add that value, they're, they're going to start moving away from this business. Mm -hmm. That's just my prediction. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, so what I want to do is I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to because I think what that will lead to is more professionalism, which is like something that we all want. Mm -hmm. um, 
we want to identify as part of like a greater you know good and and part of the community and that's why i love oakland is um you know part of that human connection thing right so um having a community of professionals that are regarded in the community mm-hmm. um i think there's room for that um and and i, I i'm curious I, I do also anticipate um people being innovative at looking at how they charge for their services mm-hmm. um i don't know if the sort of traditional list commission and then paying the buyer's brokerage is going to be the way of the future um and i also, so there could be different ways of dealing with that charging right. for services as buyer's agent as an example um charging for like fee for service like a la carte mm-hmm. I, I do expect that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. I, I don't really know where i see my business in the next five years but i'm have these things kind of stirring around in my mind and thinking mm-hmm. what could we do that's like really neat and unique in this marketplace before it becomes more of a trend like well how can we lead the way in doing something different right um so that doesn't really answer your question but uh yeah i I think that um really gearing towards professional service and in our own uh, my little team that kind of thing is is what i'm excited about yeah i think it's how to uh, i don't want to say cope but how to address changes Mm -hmm. right and not um not really a not really address or cope with change but also but to actually like drive and embrace it take it on yeah to take it on and just like because you know that's that's a certainty right there Mm -hmm. will be changes yeah um without a shadow of a doubt where Mm -hmm. are they gonna come we're not sure but um we want to make educated um, decisions Mm -hmm. um that so that we're not lagging behind and Mm -hmm. i feel that um, you know, it's important to address those things and not really dig ahead in the sand, which a lot of, you know, I feel like a lot of, no matter what, you know, a lot of human beings are gonna do, yeah. right? And, and just really putting it out and like just shine the laboratory light on it and what it is. Mm-hmm. So that's really, that's, really, that's really great. So um, obviously you're gonna, so the presidential term is a full year. It's a year. It's a year? And then, yeah. Are you able to repeat as president? No, we just, no. We just killed that. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually really happy about that. I do, I do think it might make sense to have like two-year terms. Right. Um, perhaps not if you're the media spokesperson, though. It takes up too much time. Um, but we, we may look at that. We might review that. Do you think that role would split? Um, we're, we've talked about it lots over the years um, and keep coming back to keeping it kind of the same. But um, I, the, the risks are different now with media um, and with social media. Um, you don't want to risk the sort of put the board at risk, like the board at risk. Like if, if somebody says something wrong or something's taken the wrong way, then what do you do? Usually a media spokesperson would kind of get like canned or something yeah. needs to happen. You can't do that. Right. I, and so we'll see. Yeah, I, I just can't see it. I think I can't see that role splitting because people want to hear from like El Presidente, you know? maybe right. we're, we're, we talk. This is part of the dialogue, and and, and there's also different things. It depends. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless it was framed a little bit differently. Like for example, the spokesman was called president of the real estate board, and the actual operating, uh, like um, you know, leader was called chair chair we're talking about those things yeah as well. look at you you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because then because it makes sense because i think that you know obviously with media obligations there's some cachet and the board is um you know is here to serve the realtors is here like as 
is here to serve the realtors, serve the brokerages that the realtors um, are gaining their support and education from. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, structuring it in such a way organizationally that it's going to uh, be most effective mm-hmm. is is really, yeah, is really is really cool that you guys are thinking about these things structurally. Mm-hmm. And you know, how does that process look if you were to implement changes? Mm-hmm. Like, does it go through a voting process? Does it go through a referendum? Like, how does it kind of? <laughs> it, it depends. Uh, what it is because we have certain things in our um, you know in our bylaws for example as an organization if that's the case then yeah we need member votes okay so and that's you know in the past we've had things that didn't get passed and things that did get passed and it's, it's a challenging framework to be honest to work it, within it is yeah. because voter turnout is like at an all-time sh- I was gonna use a swear word <laughs> busy yeah um, like voter turnout is terrible even i never even got like okay federal elections provincial elections civic elections the voter turnout is miserable and i'm like are you kidding me you guys complain about everything but you don't participate in our democracy it just like blows my mind it's so tough i mean i hate to say i think that part of the problem is people feel overwhelmed and underinformed in most aspects of life like whether you're talking about politics or your local real estate association like they Mm -hmm. don't really understand the issues so they don't feel i don't know um like they have the authority to make decisions like that and vote for something or somebody i think um so it's tough that's why i'm happy with the board's uh, recommendation process now for candidates that's to help with that um and generally speaking i think the boards when they do make recommendations there's reasons for them so with us with anything you tend to see naysayers in much larger groups yeah. than people who are well they're you know <laughs> effectively like we looked at it from a different they yeah, we're talking about it at a smaller scale but it's like a special interest group right and a special interest group that ha- squeaky wheel gets the grease you know yeah. so you have these like small groups of you know i don't want to call it but you know there's a small like very loud group that yeah. would kind of control things if if you don't have the masses really looking at it with a logical eye yeah so the participate participation is so key yeah. so and i feel like it was really interesting because ashley um just in getting to know her and we, t- we we talked about that participation and how like what what methodology would be the most effective um in order for us to get better turnout and get better um it's so tough i mean to be honest, we have, there's probably two-thirds of our membership, as an example, that aren't actively engaged in their own business, let alone in the association. So right. That's a big part of it. Yeah. But I would say that those folks who are too busy to come, those are the ones that should be coming. Because mm-hmm. they're the ones that this these types of things can, they're going to impact them the most. Um, and and they, are, they are important. Like, you know, I could, for example, see a future where maybe the realtor trademark no longer exists. What would mm-hmm. that mean? Does that would that? I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, but there's these these are pretty important things to most people. Like, right. Um, so I, I don't know. I, frankly, I think it's just about like checking in with your managing broker to talk to people who do maybe know a little bit of something, right. um, and just like take the you know take the hour to come to an AGM or. Whatever. You know what, I think this is this is just a, you know, and I, I haven't fully uh, formed this idea, but the, the professional development programs that are held at the Real Estate Board mm-hmm. is a great opportunity because it's mandatory. Mm-hmm. It's a great opportunity to introduce the importance of the board and, mm-hmm. and kind of um, 
its uh, its role in in our you know in our practice mm-hmm. and so i feel like per, perhaps <clears throat> without being like that's a good methodology because um I actually think that I think we're we have to take three to four courses every two years. Is it three? It's changing. To, is it changing? Yeah. I wish. It, I hope it's more. It's going to be more. more. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be more. I hope it's more. <laughs> like I truly, I truly, truly hope that there's more that there's more professional development te- like that is um, uh, mandatory for agents to be able to have their license yeah. because um, you know if people aren't up to date on certain things, um, they're at risk. The, the public's at risk, you know, from, you know, potentially agents that don't have the skill set or ability or the attention to mm-hmm. to things that are coming up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, so that, that's a good, that's a really good change. Yeah, public announcement. Pay yeah. attention. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, your, your legal update is, ma- is mandated by council. Um, it's no longer going to be PDP accredited. Right. Um, and I'm sure council's going to have other mandatory courses, and we're going to continue to require 18 hours. It's going to be called hours now instead of credits. Um, 18 hours on top of those courses. So, um, yeah. And, and we've been looking at more. It's a, it's a, it's a balance of, um, you know, managing expectations with membership. And that's the part of leadership that's tough. Mm-hmm. Is there certain things that, um, you know, you want to do everything, but you also have a membership that you're serving. Right. Um, so it's interesting to kind of see that and to understand the complexities of that. And uh, yeah. Well, I think it, like in our company, we've talked about it a few times, we take like a bottom-up approach. So mm-hmm. we look at, okay, first we look at the public, what's going to serve the public the best? Yeah. Well, an educated realtor that knows what the heck they're doing is that is ethical, um, has great aesthetics and marketing, has a great professional skills mm-hmm. um, to serve that pub member of the public is going to be awesome. So how do we instill that mm-hmm. in those in those professionals? I think the public would want their realtor to have had a lot of training from yeah. the real estate board, continuing education, um, continued um, up-to-date information mm-hmm. because if they don't have these things and if there's loopholes and stuff like that to, that you can kind of climb through it's not serving the public very well in their best interest yeah. because they're buying um, a service mm-hmm. and the service is um, our intelligence how we uh, negotiate how we um, uh, provide value is through is through excellent service and excellent marketing and so if we're not doing those things well we're not really serving the public which is inevitably the kind of the 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 goal the target right yeah it's it's interesting and uh, from the real estate board's uh, perspective we've actually started switching like our our mission and vision towards the public um, which is in other member-based associations like some of our peer group right. you know, peers across Canada no, they're no they're there to serve, serve the members right and of course we are too um, but I think that's one of the things that I love about REBGB is like okay no we're gonna be leader and we're really wanting to focus on the public as is best served um, and then the member will be best served when the public is best served right right it, it elevates everything mm-hmm. um, so and we need to look at it that way. And I think this is just a comment, and I'm not saying this from a... <laughs> but this is just a comment. Like, because most of the people who listen to this podcast are realtors. Yeah. Um, developing their business um, and working at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And the course, like... 
the lecture hall style of education that we're getting right now in our professional development, I don't think is an effective mm -hmm. methodology for, I would say, 95% of agents because they're more on the entrepreneurial ADD side of the yeah. equation. Yeah. So like more of an experiential learning platform that potentially doesn't take a full working day, mm -hmm. but is more in like um, shorter stints. Mm -hmm. Um, it may have more positive effect and positive impact mm -hmm. um, and not learning such a broad stroke topics but really specific topics that are gonna um, that maybe are done in shorter form mm -hmm. that has some engagement in terms of um, not just clicking up like A, B or C like click and then yeah. it's like oh where's B like <laughs> and I think that 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 whole like there's a um, there's a there's a lot of uh, podcasts and a lot of new ideas on education mm -hmm. and uh, like the form of university for example in the form of how things are done and being a very archaic way of learning mm -hmm. and having that shift and change mm -hmm. to being very different so mm -hmm. you know I think that there's a lot of innovations that can happen in that mm -hmm. in that capacity as mm -hmm. well but there's yes yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's really interesting stuff so like talking about the future and talking about um, like so we're you know three and a half months or four months or five months into your you know, presidency. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your goals long-term for the end of your presidency and then beyond? Yeah, you mean personally? Or? Yeah, personally. Um, I'm really excited to look at my business more closely. I've been like, for example, been meaning to meet with you for right? months. <laughs> so exactly. Let's review my business plan. Sure. So um, yeah, I'm excited to commit some time back into my business and apply some of the things that I've learned um, I'm excited about, you know, a lot of the folks that I've been able to meet over the last couple of years and, um, well, I frankly want to leverage that network a little better. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then, uh, yeah, I, I hate to sound like a nerd, but I really enjoyed this, this experience and I've realized that I love governance. So mm -hmm. I actually plan to do something else. Um, probably not in real estate, um, not 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 in terms of like my career, um, but I'd like to sit on other boards of other organizations. Um, I don't know which ones, but I think I've, I've learned enough where I'd be qualified to sit on some. And, and right. frankly, I, that's it's so neat. Um, and that's one of the things if you're ever thinking about, oh, maybe I want to get involved with the organization. Um, we have really good governance, education opportunities um, where most wouldn't because we have the scale and the capacity to do right. it. Um, so I, you know, I've taken courses with the Institute of Corporate Directors, and these are folks who are like high, like at the top of their game. Um, not necessarily a not-for-profit type of organizations, but mm -hmm. people who are CEOs and presidents or chairs of important companies, um, not just in Vancouver but across Canada. Um, so I've had the such a great opportunity being able to interact with these people, meet them, um, learn from them, and and. I would like to be more involved in that way um, as a volunteer, let's call it, that's or leader. So yeah, so that's I don't I don't know with like where, but that that's my next step for sure. Mm -hmm. Like once I'm done, I want to figure out where can I put my all new, the things you've learned. learned. Yeah, yeah, and then and grow um, and grow from it. So and 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 it's funny because I was thinking about your question about what inspired me or motivated me to keep going when I was in the first few years in my real estate business right. and part of it was just my youth right thinking well you know in 10 years like it might be really hard right now but in 10 years I'll be 34 and 
you know, be 10 years in when other folks are just getting into the business. Right. Right. So that's kind of what kept me going, thinking about where I am now, actually. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for the sports stuff. I'm thinking, man, it, it'll be pretty cool to be in my mid thirties sitting on a board where it's all like 60 year old white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by, you know, and then when I'm 60, like, where will I be? Yeah. And what will I be doing? And, um, there's a lot of great opportunities in this city. And, and frankly, if I hadn't been involved with the real estate board, I wouldn't have known anything about them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Well, that's such an like that's such an accelerator, you know. Obviously, you know, to start in an entrepreneurial endeavor very young, and then now to you know be in governance and be in, um, you know, one of the large like probably in Vancouver one of the largest board. It's one of the largest um, associations. Yeah. yeah. In BC. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And being the president of that, you know, I think it there's so much, um, you know great like learning opportunities when you're in that role but also at the same time yeah great you know future things that kind of come come with that which mm-hmm. is really cool and you know, it's kind of funny like you know <clears throat> you know when, when, when you talk about your business and you're still excited about that business mm-hmm. it's kind of cool there's a movie um you know if you watch gladiator <laughs> back in the day <laughs> <laughs> i love this movie okay. <laughs> uh white like uh i can always pronounce his name on Wycon Phoenix, Joaquin, Joaquin, Joaquin. Joaquin. yeah, <laughs> that was like his performance in that movie yeah. was like it actually like I don't want to say it takes your breath away, but it makes yeah. you step back and like this. The, there's people like this that exist. They can create sympathy in a role of yeah. a villain so well. I was like villains, anyways. Um, <laughs> so they like Maximus, the lead character, was you know a soldier, and he's like a great general, my amazing general, and then. But his dream was always just to go back to his farm mm-hmm. and be a farmer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not trying to say that it's the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, being the president of the real estate board and then coming coming back to mm-hmm. what you know and love, mm-hmm. which is being a realtor and and growing being an entrepreneur and growing that business is kind of like Maximus going back to being a farmer. So <laughs> <laughs> a cool thing. But I and I'm excited about that too. And you know, I, for for me, uh, you know, obviously being able to work closely with Ashley uh, and you know. Working with her on her business, but also um, you know just getting to know her as a friend over the last uh, uh, couple of years has been fantastic for for me and and, and she, you know, we've had really great conversations that have enriched our lives, my life, and also um, you know I've had she's been so great in participating in a lot of the things that we do in our company, which has been really really fantastic to see. And when I saw. We just did a uh, like a pride parade shoot, and um, Ashley was she was like one of the first people there, and uh, you know it's just so nice to see, you know. It, yeah, thanks. I I love Oakland for these things, and actually, to be honest, I haven't been as engaged as I would like to be just because of my schedule. But that's one of the things I'm excited about is when my time is a little <laughs> bit flexible. Yeah. To be, uh, you know, I, I do miss some meetings here and there, and I miss some of the events, and I. I I love them. Like I, even though I'm not even participating in some of them, I'm like, that's why I'm here, and um, so I'm super stoked to be more engaged. Well, you know yeah. what, Ashley, this was a, an absolute pleasure to do a pod with you. Is there anything, any kind of like, uh, like shining, guiding lights you want to share with? Uh, you know, we predominantly have a like realtor-based uh, uh, audience, but mm-hmm. there's some from. My mom listens to this. She's not a realtor. <laughs> yeah. Is there any kind of like maybe one or two like guiding principles or values that you would love to share with the... Oh, yeah. You know what? I think that one of the things that I've been really thinking about lately is this imposter syndrome. Like I feel like I totally have imposter syndrome. 
there's been certain reasons. What is imposter syndrome? You know, where you feel like you shouldn't be where you are or um, you're not ready for something that you want to take on or that's on your, you know, vision board or something like that. Um, I'm learning more and more that traditionally, and especially as a woman and as like a younger woman, dudes have been going for it whether they're ready or not. Like forever mm-hmm. uh, and not all dudes but a lot of them right like i've seen a lot of people doing things I'm like why are they here right mm-hmm. and and not to be judgmental but it's reminding me just put yourself like out there and be uncomfortable um try and get better and learn um and and yeah and then and you know i mean as realtors we all know it's all about rejection and getting to the next level right so um i don't know i think just being comfortable with being uncomfortable and being okay with not being perfect um i think a lot of these a-type personalities struggle a little with that and uh they want everything to be perfect i know i'm like that and it's really i think gotten in my way um so i don't know just like go for it. <laughs> that's my advice. That's, my <laughs> you know, that's a that's a great piece of advice, and you know, on on that really, I have I have an opinion on that note. Um, you know, actually, there's a couple things. So there was a quote by Steve Jobs that everything around us, everything around us, everything that we've ever seen around us, the internet, the computer, the, the mics that we're talking to, uh, talking in, and you know, everything was created by individuals and humans that were no more intelligent than us. Mm-hmm. So everything was created by people just like us. Mm-hmm. And so that gave me a lot of solace to kind of do, solace to do a lot of different things. And, you know, I think it's, na- it's natural. And you wouldn't be a good leader if you didn't feel that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, I think that you would not be a good leader. You would not have succeeded if you did feel, if you did not feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think anyone that has done anything has felt like it's just a stroke of luck and I don't really deserve to be here and you know I'm just here and that makes you a good leader and anyone that says I'm a good leader is probably not a good leader (laughs) or something along those lines I think that that has contributed but at the same time to have that boldness and that braveness and that ability to just um, dive into a deep water is you know makes makes life an adventure and makes life so there's a there's a yogi slash philosopher I don't know and if you guys haven't you can watch him on YouTube and stuff like that his name is Sadhguru um, it's S A D H G U R U and he talks about um, suffering and joy mm-hmm. and doing things and and every how how heaven is actually an internal thing mm-hmm. and so but you can make heaven or hell depending on what you want and it's all done internally and it's it's really um it's really cool so like i encourage you guys to listen to that and and thank you so much ashley for being part of the pod i can't believe an hour went by so quick i could have done this for like four hours (laughs) with you so thank you so much for being part of the pod thank you for having me okay so uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast with ashley smith president of the real estate board of greater vancouver um do me a favor. <laughs> if you like this podcast, please like rate it 5 out of 5 or 10 out of 10, whatever it is, on the rating program that you listen to the pod in. And write me a little comment about what you thought about the pod too. That would be really fantastic. Until next time, thank you, Ashley, for being part of the pod. 
All right. Well, that's it for today, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that was interesting and that it didn't scare you away and you stick around um, for the first real interview podcast I'm going to have coming up. Um, I've got some pretty exciting plans for the next uh, several months. So hopefully you stay tuned in. Um, And if you're interested in knowing a little bit more about Michael Yu and Oakwin Realty, definitely uh, check out Michael's podcast, the Michael Yu podcast. Um, You can find that on iTunes and uh, all of the channels, I'm sure. I will put uh, some links in the show notes for you. Uh, That's it for today. And please follow. Please subscribe. Um, You don't want to miss what I've got coming up. That's for sure. And if you're wanting to know a little more about me, uh, you can follow me on my social media channels. I am certainly active on Facebook, Ashley Smith Realtor. Very, very uh, creative. Facebook.com slash Ashley Smith Realtor. And then you can also find me at Ashley underscore Realtor on Instagram and Twitter and a couple others, which I'll announce when I'm comfortable doing that. All right, you guys, have a wonderful day. I hope you all take care. Bye now.